With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 71 of the uh, Discussion 5! Not for much longer. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're changing names soon. Uh, apparently the world uh, doesn't understand the Russian Five and the Discussion Five and the relationship there. So, And we're the brothers of discussion. So it all, it was branding, but that's got to go. So for now, still talking the five most pressing matters for your Detroit Red Wings. Um... We are found uh, at BOD Hockey, which, you know what, that might not have to change uh, on Twitter. Uh, Brothers of Discussion Hockey is what we're doing there. Uh, we're also on um, Twitter as uh, BOD Podcast for all of our pro wrestling coverage, which uh, SummerSlam weekend. We hope that uh, you guys will check out what we're doing going forward. We went live for the first time, uh, and we've gotten 487 views on Facebook. So I'm... Kind of a big deal. Don't about that. Oh, God, I'm so stoked. I knocked my headphones out and I can't hear what Mike's saying. He's probably saying something amazing. Oh, no, he's good. All right. And that's why Matt is the best podcaster ever. Yay! Um, find us on Instagram with our joint account, which is, you know what? We should just start calling it the Brothers of Discussion account because when we have new Brothers of Discussion shows, that's where that's going to be hosted as well. Yeah. It's brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Mike, quick, quick, uh, Let's do a, a pro wrestling show. It'd be a hot tag. Uh, we call it a line change here. Um, I wonder if we should call it like a breakaway or something. Or like a... Uh, a I think every like time... Transitional pass. Yeah, every time, uh, uh, you know, we got a new point coming, we'll call it a, yeah. a cracking tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? How about uh, we got, I got a one-timer coming at you. Yeah, I got a big cranking one-timer. All right. <laughs> I'm so mad about the name change. We're changing it to the Detroit Red Wing. Cracking open the discussion podcast. Our official statement is we're not mad about it. Oh, I mean, we are Smile. very excited about it. Smile, Michael. Smile. <laughs> we're not mad. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how do, you, how do you feel about doing a podcast? Great. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about adding to our our brand. Uh, get ready to get out of the hardwood, a little NBA, huh? Yeah! Mike, what do you think? Basketball, my favorite yeah. sport. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm what? To win it. Honestly, there aren't a ton of basketball podcasts. There are a lot of Red Wing <laughs> podcasts. You guys have uh, quite a few to choose from. Um, I think there's more Red Wing podcasts than there are basketball podcasts. I mean, there. If you do basketball for Detroit area, it's it's a little redundant because all you're going to talk about is the Detroit team tumbling down uh, the draft lottery because it happened once again. But uh, neither here nor there. Well, here's the thing. That wasn't even the question I was going to ask. I was thinking we should start a podcast where we watch sports movies Ooh. and we analyze them 
as if we were watching real games. So like yeah. we'll have like a series of like Mighty Ducks and we'll actually analyze each game as it goes along instead of just like the whole movie. We're yeah. going to go that game one against, you know, the Hartford Willy Dillies. <laughs> I don't know what any of those other teams' names were. Uh, and I also just revealed I can't remember what city that movie was actually set in. I well, I will say that I would love to do a uh, fantasy draft of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League uh, just to get Marla Hooch at number one. Yeah! Uh, I want to rebuild the peaches, and I know there will be a lot of redundancy, uh, but Marla Hooch needs to go number one. Uh, <laughs> there, there's, and you know what? There aren't a lot of good pitchers who can hit, and you know I think uh, we could have taken Kit number two. So I think that that catcher who will go unnamed, uh, we'll let her tumble down the draft board because I want a pitcher who can hit, and I want the best hitter in the league. So suck it, Gina Davis. Woo! Yeah, that <laughs> takes over here. I kind of feel like, um, well, let's not dive deep into that. Let's, let's keep moving. You don't want to uh, talk about Kit Henson versus Dottie Henson? <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's what I want to do with that with that podcast. But um, You don't want to talk about I, fictional all-American girls professional baseball league players? Yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be so much fun if we, and then we redraft the league like we we're going to redraft today, the 2011 uh, NHL draft. I, you know what? I shouldn't have even said this on the podcast because now somebody else is going to steal this great idea that I had. Damn. But uh, all right, it's almost as good as the idea where I wanted to do a um, couple of old guys doing a podcast, but they always when they hit record, they're actually hitting stop, and they had been recording all of their pre-show notes, so they have like amazing guests that come on. And they never get to them because they hit record and they've stopped the show because they never figure it out. So all they do is have fun banter and try and like figure out what they're going to talk about in the episode. And then figure out the questions they cannot ask that person. Right. <laughs> and it, it would just be fun because you'd have to keep the illusion going for years. You know, if the podcast was successful, you'd keep it going for years where guests would still sign on to be on their podcast knowing full well that when they listen back to it later there's nothing there i don't know i i just thought so did they do like 10 or 15 episodes in the can before they realized it that's what i mean like that's where the illusion would have to or is this like a vh1 behind the music and we're just getting all this information from like the producer of this show um no, I think they're trying to they see this is the stuff that ruins these ideas. You're you're these are the questions that don't matter. What matters is that there's there's two old guys that are producing their own podcast and they don't know how to do it. So they have fun banter before the show, then they have these amazing guests and they never actually post it. They just have a conversation with the guest and then, you know, maybe there's a post show where they stop the record session with their their amazing guest and then they're you know signing off again because they hit record instead of stop it, it's it's a fun play on on uh I, you know i was picturing like the john mulaney nick kroll old guy show yeah i think there's that? no uh but i know what you're talking about um i think there's a lot of potential there for them to you know to size up all these questions say they're going to interview like christopher nolan and then, you know, they tease that they, you know, I can't believe we got the answer to the end of uh, uh, Inception about <laughs> exactly. whether or not the, the top stops spinning. So here we go. And then the show just abruptly ends. <laughs> <laughs> or um, like I'd want every episode to end with just this clatter of like them getting up or closing their laptop because they don't know that they're actually recording post show as well. So it's just you hear them like bump into each other trying to. I don't there's, there's slapstick it's like uh, it'll be like old time radio you know like every everything going wrong and you just got to imagine it in your head it's it's a great idea yeah not don't, like on this show don't everything kill this for me right. yeah that like they'll never get to the point unlike this show hey you want to talk hockey Mike let's do it <laughs> 
See, now that's the banter that as I go around the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network, which can be found at HockeyPodNet, uh, that I feel like we're missing on our show. There's, there's a lot of banter on these other shows. Breaking news. Now, today is, we're recording on a Sunday, and as we all know, the Detroit Cooking Company has cinnamon rolls two days a week, but today's one of those days, and there's a sound of screen doors being opened, and it's 10.56. Now, Detroit Cooking Company opens at 11. Becky, my lady, was awake on her phone Instagramming, but there's an outside chance that she's outside right now getting me a cinnamon roll. Now, if that door opens... You guys will know that something really good is happening to me. But we got to wait a few minutes. These things sell out in like 10 minutes. They only make 60 a day, two days a week. You're afraid that your girl is going to hear you. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm just trying not to jinx it. Is it you ruining the secret or? I'm ruining the secret for myself. So I I hear doors. I hear hear humbly bumbly Winnie the Pooh bumbling around out there, but I don't. I don't know what's going on. There's not a reason for her to be outside. I can see the backyard. I don't see any flowers being maintained or vegetables <laughs> being watered. Most of our electronics are inside, so I don't think she's playing Nintendo Switch out there. So there's a pretty good chance there's a cinnamon roll in my future. I'm good. I, I've actually, Mike, you, you were there yesterday. Uh, my baby girl had her first birthday yesterday. Uh Lest lest we forget who got her the greatest gift, it was me. Yeah. A 99 cent doggy card with a little floofy floof on the top. (laughs) We, uh, yeah, we we brushed that across her nose all night last night. Um, (laughs) So much fun. She she did get a smash cake, though, which if you're Mm -hmm. familiar and anybody's ever been to a one-year-old's birthday, what you do is you set a cake in front of a one-year-old and see what they do. Um, And her go at it didn't. You know, it was cute. She didn't really like. It's pretty too much. Yeah, she didn't eat too much of the cake. Uh, I actually had a bet going with my wife. My wife said she would go like face first into it, and I said I think she'll be pretty like, can I touch it kind of thing, and that's what she did. So I was right. So I know my daughter better than my wife. Um. <clears throat> anyways, ton of cake left. I tweeted about it this morning, Mike. I passed the pancakes. I went for real cake this morning and i mean handfuls of cake because it's a it's a smash cake so my my daughter's already gone to town on it so if i do another handful i'm not i'm not making a bigger mess there's already cake crumbs everywhere (laughs) there's frosting taken out we're not going to save it and cut it up later uh she was sneezing all over it i I don't mind the sneezing (laughs) so yeah uh, i mike i've had a wonderful morning eating Oh, that was going to be my follow-up question. If you're eating the side that she uh, sneezed Snookies on or if you're eating the other side. but Absolutely. No, I'm keeping the other side clean because it's still got... It was a Winnie the Pooh jar of honey, so yeah. that is still intact. But the side that she was eating on is in my tummy right you know, now, getting ready to pass the COVID around the family. I just recently learned from uh, your doctor wife uh, <laughs> babies can't eat honey and... You know, son of a bitch, you two found a way to give your baby daughter a honey cake. Uh, (laughs) It just says the word honey on it, but not the actual food. We were a little self-conscious about people seeing that the jar said honey and having people go, you're not supposed to give your baby honey. honey. You don't know, babies. They're kryptonite. Babies can't have honey. I hope, I, I know dad listens to this, but what was funny is dad turned into an expert yesterday on honey. Uh, and babies eating it, but he was the one two weeks ago where I was like, "No, you can't give her honey." And he, you know, it's like finger with honey towards her mouth. <laughs> and yesterday he was like, "Oh, so it's it's two now that you can't give them honey?" Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what you? "I just I'm gonna have to, to this. I'm gonna have to, yeah, let me update my medical journals over here." <laughs> let me, uh, didn't realize the new research had come in already. Okay. I love you, Dad. Yeah. All right, everybody's uh, least favorite father in the NHL, Mike Milbury. Mike, uh, he's excused himself from the rest of the NHL playoffs. Uh, Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> excusing himself? Oh, right. I meant to put that in quotes. Why so, is he pol- like he's politely going to the bathroom? <laughs> no, we've heard enough, man. I gotta go take Get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, the piece of shit. 
uh, made another dumb comment, and uh, I like ESPN did the research for me. So it was 2011. He called uh, the Sedin brothers Thelma and Louise. You know, if you're going to insult someone, just call them a woman. Um, not saying, uh, you know, I hope nobody makes a soundbite out of that. Millberry is a fucking piece of shit. Uh, 2012, Dan Bilesma, take off your skirt and go over there. Uh, and now, uh, just two, three days ago, so, uh, why the NHL playoffs are so great and why the bubble's working out so well. Um, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. Uh, Mike, that's not even the worst thing he's ever said, but uh, it, it's... Goddamn. Like, shut the fuck up, old man. Uh, and he has, because the NHL said, uh, yeah, we don't... We don't approve of, of this message <laughs> or any Milbury message. And um, it looks like the meeting went down like, hey, we've been real good to you. You've been saying shitty things, you know, since 2011. So you're going to go out there and you're going to say I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that's, uh-huh. that's the long and short of it. And I've been, God, you know, I hate <clears throat> the NBC broadcast. I've not been shy about that on this podcast and uh, saying how much I hate almost everybody on there. Uh, we did just talk on our wrestling podcast that there's a certain Renee Young who should be available to, to hop on what? board. Perfect timing. Now. Perfect timing. Um, For her to politely excuse herself from the sidelines onto the desk. Uh, but I'm really glad that the uh, Tucker... Carlson of NHL commentary has excused himself. Uh, screw this guy. I, I don't know if, what's really to be expected. First of all, in terms of anything progressive from a 68 year old turd like this. Uh, but right. Matt, I'm so excited for the timing here to get him out. Uh, and can I just say, this is the second time we've mentioned Gene Davis in this show uh, because she's the star of Thelma and Louise. Um, oh, yeah. And what a dipshit to pick Thelma and Louise, two women who go on a like women empowerment uh, road trip and then ended in a blaze of glory off a cliff, uh, like in real bravery. If, if you're going to go, that's the way to go in a convertible off a fucking mountain. Um, so I don't know if I would have, you know, punched low and said, you're two women who took their lives and deaths into their own hands in the most badass way possible. But that's what you get when you're a dipshit like Mike Milbury. So there you go. Yeah, I, I not much else to say about this, but I'm happy, and I hope that uh, Renee Young gets her shot out of here. Just keep uh, saying it. Renee Young. Renee Young. Renee Young. All right, second round of the playoffs. Uh, <clears throat> Mike, uh, last night we got one game in. We got uh, – I, and I love how fast this just jumps right into the second round. They were prepared to play game sevens today, and they started the second round yesterday. Uh, so I, I just, I love the scheduling. It's just nonstop hockey. I am going to miss watching hockey at noon, uh, you know, on a Wednesday, cause now there's not enough games. So they're just going to be right. doing prime time, but, oh man, this has been so great. And you're still enjoying that with basketball. I heard you mention it three times yesterday at my daughter's birthday that the NBA starts at noon, goes all day and you call it the NCAA tournament. And it was just fun. It was fun that you mentioned it three times yesterday. I counted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, uh, the series I think we're almost excited for has got to be Boston and Tampa. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any other way to dissect it. It's it just flat, a little brain point, huh? A little Nicky Nicky Coochie Coochie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's just uh, there's there's something about the second round where I was actually thinking that I wanted the topic to be today. How much does the second round of like NBA, NHL, you know, like like the playoffs. It just kind of sucks. Like in the NFL, you're you're just it's the second round. Like it's not that first round where you know in the NHL it 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 just you hope for chaos. It seems like everything kind of goes wrong in the first round. Um, you're excited because it's it is you know it's the beginning of the playoffs. <clears throat> the third round, you've got conference championships, and of course, then you're awarding the major trophy in the fourth round. Second round, I, you know, like I struggle to think even when the Red Wings were winning the cup, who they played in the second round of those seasons. Um, I, I think that it's tough. The second round is the one that, uh, you know, when we won in 2002, I actually went on a trip, missed the entire, the entire second round. And I remember going Man. to the Stanley Cup parade and going, 
What a hollow victory. What? I didn't even see the second round. <laughs> didn't even matter. Um, I was, I mean, I was pretty young. But I just remember seeing, because they did, they had like pucks that said how many games it took to win each round. Um, yeah. And then just like not knowing. I think right now I'm even struggling. It was St. Louis, right? Uh, like, when did we play them? Anyways, uh, so I, so that's wrong now, I think. And I think uh, we complain all the time about uh, the NHL and the way it sets up its playoffs. Obviously, this year it's super different. Uh, but this second round matchup of Boston and Tampa, I mean, this this definitely could have been our Eastern Conference Finals. And I think we all would have been pretty thrilled with that. But um, we get it now. So we're not missing it. It's not out of the playoffs. But I think immediately it made my whole argument of the second round being baloney. Uh, it's gone because now we just get good hockey. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, you also I, get, uh, I mean, there's Islanders in Philly, which, uh, you know, uh, it smells like a bloodbath Philly's way. Um, but Matt, there's Vegas Golden Knights in Vancouver. I, I'm going to say just real quick, I, I am taking the Islanders there. I, I think the way you that they crazy handled Washington. No. The way well, that they just, handled Washington, I, I don't know. I think I was just excited to uh, mention Bank, uh, Vancouver and uh, yeah. Vegas because now people are are floating out there. Man, Quinn Hughes could have been a Red Wing. That could have been on. Yeah, I, it's it's cool to see like Quinn Hughes and and Bo kind of get like attention now because Vancouver's doing so well, and it's something that the West Coast just doesn't get the same coverage as you know anybody in that metropolitan division, but mostly the Eastern conference. So anything that happens, you know, for Vancouver right now, especially with them being highlighted, being one of the, the bubble cities, I, I'm super happy for them. And I become like a huge Vancouver fan. Now they're playing my other favorite team in the NHL, the Vegas golden Knights. So, you know, bye-bye Vancouver. I'm cool with that. Uh, but if they make it forward, I'm not going to be super disappointed because I think we're, we're all just sitting here now going, Man, Quinn Hughes got passed seven times. Yeah, go ahead. Let him go win a cup. <laughs> you know, all, all, all good things for, for Quinn Hughes. He really does look like, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's going to turn into a year-after-year year Norris Trophy candidate. Um, so sound defensively. Uh, I just, he's silky smooth out there. And, and yeah, the story is great of how many teams pass on a guy. And then, uh, you know, now he's potentially... You know, you know it would be another heartwarming story if, you know, by chance, you know, uh, three draft slots uh, passed on Lafreniere. What a uplifting story that would be to see him, you know, the snare do well get picked fourth by the Red Wings. Wouldn't that be neat? Oh, anyways, um... Let's go back into reality here, Matt. Uh, <laughs> speaking of close calls, uh, close calls you're not going to be worried about. Thanks to Manscaped. Woo! Yeah. Shaving your twig and berries has never been safer, easier, or more fun. I was going to say that. Damn you! Um, they've got that. Where is it? The seven thousand RPM motor with the Quiet Stroke technology. Uh, they've got that LED light, which we talk about week after week, is illuminating where the sun don't shine. I mean, you need that light. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I keep looking down. If you guys are watching this on YouTube. It's like I'm looking at my, I mean, Twig and Berry's just going like, what do you, like, how do you, like, I'm, you adjust it and you can't, there's still a shadow. There's always a shadow. So you need that light. So you can shave down there. But that's, that's just barely scratching the surface. Um, actually, it's not scratching the surface. There's no scratching. It's just scratch-free surface. Hair's getting trimmed, and you get more air brushing through your legs. It's it's fantastic. But uh, if you want to feel all the cool breeze that we've been feeling since uh, good gravy, what's it been since like February or March that we've been uh, trimming our nuts? Um, you want to go to manscaped.com and use promo code THPN. That is promo code THPN to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. They've got those packages with the lawnmower 3.0 where we've been talking about the ball deodorant. You've got that uh, lubricant to get your, your nuts all goosed up. You've got the underwear to keep you all feathery down there. And uh, man, you know, you get a little bit of 
powder in there with that underwear, you could just be bouncing all day. There's no worries. Uh, but you'll also have a nice neat and trim bush because you've got the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, no weeds growing out of that. S- <laughs> Sorry. Out of that garden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to go in the direction of a sorry sack. How's a happy sack? Get your happy sack bouncing like a hacky sack. Because <laughs> you went to manscaped.com and use promo code THPN for 20% off and free shipping. Mike, it is now our favorite time of every episode. Uh, because we're going to analyze the 2011 NHL draft, which was. Six years after the relationship with ESPN died, yet it's still the greatest. What we were just singing there, uh, like 2011 was six years past that relationship dying. Oh yeah, but the uh, you know transition song, yeah. the best ever. I think because uh, the other one, it's kind of hard to do. We do that from 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 from. It's just kind of like okay, yeah. Oh, from NBC. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's just like a commercial. <laughs> no, the other one just has an easier. I like the cadence better. What about uh, dribble, dribble, and basketball? Dun, 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 and then you shoot, <laughs> and then it goes in. Dribble, dribble, and basketball. Yeah, we're going to have to write one for hockey. Yeah. Uh, we sh- we should have done this last week, but this is Steve Eiserman's second draft with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I would say he did pretty goddamn well. Uh, <laughs> draft number two. I hope that uh, his second well draft, draft for one. the Red Wings goes this well. Hey, yeah, Holy I'll shit. take the second round to Kita Kucherov. Um, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have going into this season, or I guess after this season, only one guy is a point-per-game player in this entire draft, which is just crazy to me. Uh, I, I can't believe there's only one guy that's a point-per-game player. Now, we, we've got Johnny Hockey coming through here. And, uh, you know, it's just you you could make the argument that there's so many seasons ahead that he's going to be over a point per game that he'll catch up to that. Uh, And and a lot of this is telling to uh, as as we get closer and closer to 2020 with our with our draft analysis that uh, that that's really just the long and short of it is these guys haven't played enough seasons. But um, I'm not highlighting it to say these guys are, are terrible. I think this draft is way better than the 2010 draft. And some of you, your, your, your anus is just tightened uh, to new levels because I said that, but I, 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 I'm pretty confident after doing this uh, week after week that this 2011 draft is so much better than the 2010 draft. Um, I had fun putting it together. All right. So uh, the, the one point per game player, just to say that again, is more of a reference to like how close we are getting to 2020, how many guys just haven't hit that peak yet in their um, development, which is still great. Like that's how close we are. That's how close 2011 is to 2020 is we, we haven't seen every player in this draft still uh, or have their peak moment uh, as a professional or as a human being uh, as they develop. Uh, And then uh, let's see, if we continue down the list here last week, we said 30 people played 500-plus games. Um, we're going to say 27 people have played 400-plus games. Uh, and now let's jump into, oh, our scouting department winners. Guess who finished taking his notes there? Um, <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, I, I think it's pretty easy uh, based on our excitement to, to just talk about this. But um, Stevie Y did not do a terrible job at all. Uh, and I think uh, right now all I have typed in there was was the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, a first round that did you pick up a guy that changes your franchise forever um, in uh, Vladislav uh, Nemistikov? No, he's a guy who's still playing. He's got 425 games under his belt. Um, he's since moved from center to find some some more success uh, on the wing. But, I mean, your second round was Nikita Kucherov, and then your pick number 208 was Andre Palat. So, that's, I mean, that's all I need, right? I mean, that's that's my winner in this draft. Uh, I, I don't know if you could do much better than that. I, I know we go out of our way to make sure we're picking, like, three or four winners from the NHL draft. But, I mean, you just picked up a game changer in the second round. Um, 
Uh, you've also got uh, some other game changers that are coming through, including our Datsuk Diamond in the Rough winner, which is uh, either uh, Johnny Hockey, uh, Goudreau, but I'm going to stick with Andre Palat. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's long and short of it for me. Steve Eisman getting the win in this draft. Uh, our scouting department losers, Mike, are, uh, it looks like we're taking that note right now, so I'm going to... I'm going to jump in and... and yeah, they got all-world center Travis Boyd. Woo! Uh, not, a, not a hot season for the uh, Capitals there. Um, they were, uh, you know, doing better in the regular season. You know, they, they don't fetch so they're kind of kind of punching on this draft. In their defense, though, they didn't, they didn't start picking until 117 because uh, of some fancy Michael Scott financial footwork uh, trading some picks around for people. But... Uh, not a banner year for the Capitals, Matt. Uh, I, I think that they definitely looked over uh, to their Flor- Floridian brothers uh, with envy and jealousy. But, Matt, uh, that brings us to the Dead Suit Diamond in the Rough winner. And for this one, I um, so usually I pick guys who go in, like, the 150s and the 200s. And this one, we kind of moved up a little bit. But I think it's well-deserved uh, because of how well he's done and – how he had kind of a late start to even playing in the National Hockey League. Matt, was it Johnny Hockey? I So that's the thing. Is it is it Johnny Hockey or do we go Andre Palat because he was actually picked 208? And, you know, if, if you're looking at who's who's going to have the better career when it's all said and done, we're going to go Johnny Hockey. But, uh, I mean, Andre Palat is still a very impressive draft so late. And to have a guy that's got some Selkie votes, 328 points in 496 games. I mean, that's what you pray for when you're drafting these random guys. Once you get past, you know, round three and I say random, some of you are probably, again, your anuses are tightening to new levels and you're creating diamonds down there with the coal you have shoved up there. But just like, look at the list of, names that actually make it to the NHL past like the third round. Like that's what we're talking about when I say a random selection of names. Like if we knew, and that's why you do the redrafts, right? If we knew Nikita Kucherov was going to be Nikita Kucherov, he's not going in the second round. <laughs> All right. All right. That's uh, false. just really shrewd. You know, he had an <laughs> idea. I can, I can, I can put off a, you know, all time player into like maybe the second or third round. Yeah, I don't want to take him too high. I don't want him to get overvalued. I'm just going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And just, I just know these other teams have no clue what they're doing. So, <laughs> and right, and you you can make the argument too that a lot of the the players having success has to do with the the team's development. Um, I don't know uh, behind them and and the minors and what they're doing. But I mean, I mean, is it really? Is there really like? From one team to another, there's that extra skate around the rink. <laughs> well, now this guy's faster. No, we have him do 201 laps. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a, a lot of it is God-given talent, right? I mean, that's how you get a guy that ends up being first overall, and he's Connor McDavid because we see what he looks like years ago. I. All right, I'm just. I think I'm just defending my statement on random players, but let's let's keep moving along. Uh, the Yuri Depita, we've got another Ooh, 21 year old. One. Yeah, give me yeah, that this, one. I love you, Yuri Depita. This is the oldest player drafted, and yeah. if this is your first episode to what will be the rebranded discussion five, uh, Yuri Depita <laughs> was a 29 year old drafted. Uh, he was got a foot in the grave, and he was taken in an NHL draft and played games. Not a lot, but he, he played. Um, so we like to honor the oldest player draft, even though we're probably going to have to retire this category because now everybody kind of figured out, let's not draft 30-year-olds. Uh, this year, we're going to pick a guy who shares a first name with one of Will Ferrell's kids, uh, Magnus Nygren, a uh, defenseman who hasn't quite panned out yet, but what a name. Uh, drafted 113, <laughs> um, and his name is Magnus. Um uh, other famous Magnuses, uh, I believe that was the father of Matilda and the Raul Dahl hit Matilda. Uh, so there you go. Matt, there's a couple great contenders for the Good Boy Award. Uh, the award we give to people who, uh, through thick and thin, to stick with the team who drafted them. Um, this category might be harder and harder to keep as we keep getting into the, the present 
um, and they don't have time to leave yet. Um, but Matt, who's in the Good Boy Wars? Well, this is fun because I, 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 the easy one is Nikita Kucherov because we like to say you have to be good at hockey if you actually get the Good Boy Award because there's some guys that stick around forever and suck Abdul Kader. But uh, the other guy I wanted to throw on here was Johnny Hockey because of all the talk that he, he might get moved. So I, I just thought, let's throw him in on the Good Boy Award. So when somebody listens to this, you know, in another uh, couple of months and they're like, ah, a couple of doofuses, put him as a good boy. And again, the good boy is the guy who's good at hockey and he sticks around with one team. And, uh, you know, nine, uh, nine and a half million for, for Cooch. Uh, I think I'd stick around too. Right, so uh, what did the wingies do? Uh, well, Mike, as a huge fan of uh, the NHL game, I thought it was a huge year. Uh, we picked up Thomas Yurko, Xavier Ouellette, who's uh, now playing with the, or, well, not anymore, was playing with the Canadians. Um, and then uh, Sproli. Sproley was my boy. Uh, he was my top two defenseman every time uh, for a few straight years in the NHL game. Because, I mean, he got... He was supposed to be our sniper. He was supposed to be our, our right-handed shot at the point. And, um, yeah, it's just... It didn't, it didn't pan out. But it always worked out in the NHL game. So I, I want to give a shout-out to Sproley, boy. Um, I, I was super thrilled. Uh, he liked one of my tweets once. Uh, but uh yeah you know when you're a hockey player and you've only got like thousand followers um it's pretty rare when somebody you gotta like every mention you can you gotta get that (laughs) brand out there right um but yeah overall you've got a playoff performer in uh xavier roulette but uh xavier don't call me panned out for the red wings what Nothing really panned out for the wingies. Oh, I wanted that joke to go over. Xavier, oh, I didn't hear Xavier, don't call me a tablet. <laughs> anyway, time to read. <laughs> go on. It almost looks like a All right. This is, uh, we did it again. Uh, time to redraft the 2011 NHL draft. Did I update all these names? Yes. Okay. So, uh, yes, quick did. recap. Oilers take uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Avalanche number two ga- uh, take Gabriel Landeskog. Florida Panthers take uh, Johnny Huberto. Uh, Devils take Adam Larson. Islanders take Ryan Strom. Senators take Mika Zibanejad. The Jets take Mark Scheifele, another candidate for the Good Boy Award. Uh, Flyers take Sean Couture. Uh, Bruins take Dougie Hamilton. And the Wild take Jonas Brodine. So, Mikey. Um, oh. yeah, do you, does everybody like out there that I keep saying the Good Boy Award is you have to be good at hockey and stick with your team, and I didn't pick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I didn't say Johnny Huberto. I didn't say this <laughs> guy. Um, no, they're they're all fine. They're actually on my draft board and 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 uh, my top fifteen here. But um, oh wait, no, Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't. <laughs> Again, anuses tightening. Um, let's uh, let's jump in, Mike. You have the first pick, I believe. This, this I time do. Around. I do. Um, and uh, man, you must be sweating bullets right now and trying to figure out who who are you going to take in the 2011 draft that possibly compares to the um, um, success of, of a Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Keeping in mind the Oilers just picked Taylor Hall uh, the year before. Yeah. So I mean, uh, uh, do you really want to give him another winger? Oof. Apologies to um, famed conservative guitarist and uh, noted British thespian Anthony Hopkins. Um, That's the hybrid name that the Oilers took originally at number one. Now, when you pick number one, you're just looking for the best player in the goddamn draft. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, not that guy. Not bad. Not that guy, Matt. There's one guy head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, he is the dandruff shampoo above the rest. And he was taken in the second round. Matt, he scored 128 goddamn points last season. Um, <laughs> he was already at 85 in 68 games this season. Matt, he is the guy who got Iserman the job in Detroit as the general manager. He is, he, he it, like Ken Holland could rest his laurels on Zetterberg and Datsuk. Guys a little bit deeper in the draft who turned into all world players. Matt, this guy, he is a career maker. He 
is Nikita Kucherov. There is no doubt that he should go number one. I don't care if he played goaltender. He had excellent numbers, Matt, and it's just getting better. Uh, I, I, the, the, you don't, you don't find just. It's not that he's the first line player, Matt. He's a first line player for the All Star game. He's that excellent. Uh, the skill level is is at at such a peak. Uh, you know, any team would blush to trade this this kind of luck in the second round. Matt, I, Red Wing fans would. I don't know what they would, uh, they'd give up a tentacle, uh, an octopus tentacle to have this guy playing here. I know we, we were kind of drooling over the idea of Stamkos and, you know, a couple of seasons ago and he was kind of, you know, flirting with, you know, leaving Tampa Bay, but this is the guy that you would really want on the Red Wings, um, to be, um, the generational talent. So there, there's no disputing this guy is the best player in this draft. Um, and he goes number one of the Oilers. It doesn't matter how many other wings you have. Now you have the best wing, arguably the best wing in hockey. Nikita is an Oiler. All right. So this is this is kind of tough for me because I'm kind of thinking uh, for number two. Um, Don't you do it? Don't you do it? I well, I you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. Don't do it. I wanted him at number three. Don't do it. Here's the thing. God damn it! I have my draft board. And I have a guy that I already put at number two, and I should just take him at number two. But I'm thinking if I take Johnny Hockey at number two, the Avalanche are still going to be in the same position to pick up Nathan McKinnon, and they still might not be that great, and they'll get Kale McCarr, and they'll be amazing. Like, you just imagine like what that team <laughs> would look like with uh, <laughs> Johnny Hockey, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Miko Ratnan, oh man, setting yourself up with the Kale McCarr that's going to be a Norris finalist, um, you know, in the years to come. I And you get to match left wing because they took Gabriel Landeskog, huge upgrade, I feel. Even though Landeskog has his own set of, of skills, and I think you're looking at a, a more of a two-way forward. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to skip my own, my own draft board, and I'm going to take Johnny Hockey at number two. Give me the good. Give me the good boy. Wow! Look at this crazy son of a bitch, Matt. We're going to Florida. All right, they had the third pick here, and they took Jonathan. Uh, really fun to say his last name. Uh, is it Huberdo? 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 Do? Um, I like, you made me think of uh, Humperdinck from uh, the preacher show. He did. You know, he was fine. He's fine. Um, I, I just, there's a player that I, I really like and looking at this, this roster for Florida in 2011, uh, when they, their best defenseman, uh, was Brian Campbell at 32. And, you know, he, he was already long in the tooth there. A uh, couple of kind of an interesting roster here. Uh, for the Panthers, they're looking at like Ed Jovanovsky, um, Michael Samuelson, Thomas Kopecky, uh, Stephen Weiss when he was still worth a damn. Um, and, a lot of wings connections there. Yeah, what the heck's going on there? Um, but not a lot of excellent young defensemen. So, Matt, I don't know why this guy keeps hot potatoing because if and you can see how Eiserman values uh, bigger defensemen. Um, and you know what? Just like, just like Stevie Y himself, I'm going to value a big defenseman. Matt! <laughs> Number three, we're going to turn around that defense in Florida. All right, we're not doing Brian Campbell and his, his you know, one goal and 30 assists because he gets to play on the power play. We're not doing that. We're getting a man. We're getting a man who gets some some deep cut analytics. We're getting a six foot six monster, Dougie Hamilton. Boom. <laughs> I have no idea why teams keep punting on this guy. Uh, can they please punt him over to Detroit? Uh, I would love oh, to see fun. him. And our boy Mo Sider form a, a Bash Brothers top defensive pairing of just two six foot five and higher Goliaths. Um, no, he doesn't totally light up the stat sheet, but he doesn't not score. I mean, he puts up points he's, and he's a great yeah. defensive defenseman. Um, yeah, he's your analytics he, darling defenseman. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had what four, four state seasons, 82 games, you know, this, this year for Carolina, he had a couple, couple owies, but I don't know what else you want. Um, 
if he's, you know, getting nods to, you know, be in an all-star game, you know, be up there for the Norris, uh, he's durable, he gets on the stat sheet, and he does all the second-tier stuff that you want, I, I don't know what else you want. His teams are crazy to give up on him. Boston and Calgary, I'm looking at you. Shame. Uh, Carolina, good on you. Just keep him around, but not too long, because Detroit could use him. Man, that takes us to the Devils at number four. Well, this is how it, it's nice and easy to have a draft board, because even though I mixed up my two and three, and it, you start to wonder why do I even do this. Uh, my number four on my draft board is Mark Shifley. Um, Damn it. I, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I think the the same kind of conversations can can start with Shifley. Now, um, is this is this a guy that from the start of his uh, NHL career he was uh, you know knocking doors down? No, but I think he's finally. I thought you were going to say knocking boots. Shif- <laughs> I think <laughs> he's, he's finally knocking boots. The, you know, the, the traveling on road games that- and bedding bed Phillies and no <laughs> doubts. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, that, that, as I was saying, he's finally turned into like the Mark Shifley that gets drafted top 10. Uh, so he's going to move up. I'm not going to do any sort of matching of, of uh, uh, positions that were drafted in that spot. I, I think uh, I think that's going to be pretty tough looking at looking at this draft board. Um, but uh, yeah, Shifley's a guy that's been doing point per game since uh, since the 17th season. And it's pretty close starting in 15-16. Uh, he's gotten Selkie votes, so he's, he, he gets recognized for, for, you know, the, it's, it's the two way forward mentality that actually, uh, is paying off for a guy that has to also score for his team. You know, I mean, you, you get put on those first two lines and you can accomplish being a two way forward. I think that that always says a lot. And that's why this guy's point shares through the roof for, uh, for this draft, for the entire draft. Uh, he's in that top 10 and, uh, he's, he's going number four for me. So Shifley gets to jump from uh, from Winnipeg over to um, I forgot who I was drafting for. Oh, the Devils. Oopsies. Yeah, Matt, right, it takes us to pick Islanders. number five. The Islanders originally took Ryan Strom. Um, I, you know, this wasn't. There weren't too many bombs, you know, at the top of this draft. Uh, but I still think I can help him out a little bit. I'm going to give him a guy who's, you know, starting to really uh, hit his stride. Um, not not for the Islanders, but for a different New York team. Matt, he's, he's doing really well for the Rangers. Uh, he actually had a few magical moments for some of my NHL uh, fantasy hockey teams. Matt, he's a good player, and his name is fun to say. Give me Mika Zabinajad. Uh, the recency oh. bias is uh, something that you like to point out, and this season is no different. <laughs> uh, this year, he's you know starting to really climb that mountain. Uh, last year, he had seventy-four points in eighty-two games. This year, seventy-five and fifty-seven. Um, and uh, you know, in real life, I'm really jealous because he's he's probably going to be playing with some pretty fun uh, you know recent draft picks. You got damn Rangers, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's starting to really play well for the Rangers. So, you know, maybe he, uh, he just likes playing in New York. So we'll, we'll set him up with the Islanders and maybe the, the 75 that he's got this season. Maybe it happens a little bit earlier for the Islanders, Matt. And they, you know, get that, uh, positional consistency there. They wanted a center, uh, because pretty good at the faceoff and now he's been redrafted. Matt, that means at number six. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say uh, for this for this whole draft. So I've got I've got the Senators who did take uh, Mika, and uh, it kind of looks like now that I'm look I'm looking at our top ten and uh, my draft board and what this actual top ten looks like. So the Senators takes advantage Ed. Uh, Shifley's off the board, and uh, <laughs> I guess this is really just shuffling everyone around because I'm gonna go Sean Couture. Um, I I just like. I, I can't say it enough. I'm, I'm always a huge fan of those two-way defensemen, and Sean Couture could arguably be the best two-way uh, defenseman. Two-way forward, good God. Uh, <laughs> uh, did I say that the whole time for Shifley? Did I keep calling him a two-way defenseman? Anyway, uh, yeah. Sean Couture could arguably uh, be dubbed as as the best uh, two-way forward on this, on this draft. I, I know I always picked him up and I, I fell in love with him in, in fantasy hockey because he'd, he'd rack up more than just uh, goals as a guy that, that's going to crunch the other team too. So uh, 
I'm actually jumping around on my draft board again. Uh, and for whatever reason, I, I know who's who's falling down the list right now. And I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, but again, I, it might just be success of his own team that's making him fall. And I think everybody knows who I'm talking about now. But uh, yeah, give me Shad Couture. He's, uh, he's going to be going number six. Mike, you got the Jets who did take Mark Shifley. What are they going to do now? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm really out of fence on this one because uh, Andre Pavlich is is pretty dang good. But Matt, is he John Gibson good? No. Matt, at number seven, it's madness to take a goalie in the top ten unless you know they're going to be excellent. And Matt, this is a redraft, so we know he's going to be pretty effing good. John Gibson is going to go play in Canada. Uh, this is a oh, guy in Philly. So you are a piece of garbage and I hate you. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, there's uh, what? 60 goalie jobs. And uh, this is a guy who's up there for, for Vesna's all stars. Um, excellent save percentage. Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't know what else to really add for you, Matt. I, I just, this is the best way out of this draft far so, away. Um, yeah, like we're, we're basically saying like now the Jets don't have to wait for Hellebuck. They get John Gibson now. Uh, so Hellebuck, who I absolutely should win uh, the Vesna this year. Uh, but yeah, now they have another Vesna candidate uh, year after year. And he maybe has, you know, his, his off times are really off, but his on times are... Super on. So, yeah, Johnny, I would have liked to have in, in Philly, even though, you know, it's, it's kind of the same argument because now they have Carter Hart, who, who got that beautiful handshake from Carey Price at the end of <laughs> that series the other day. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I, John Gibson is, is always tout, like, um, well, in, in Anaheim, they always feel like he doesn't get enough attention. But uh, here at the Brothers of Discussion, we, we honor him with a, that's the seventh pick. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so then I've got the Flyers who took uh, Shad Couture. I can't, I can't um, think of a higher honor, by the way. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna make this easy, and I'm just gonna go Huberto. Um, I I I think he probably shouldn't have fallen this far, but I like I get it from the perspective of like um, when you're trying to think of like top names in the NHL, you don't necessarily like your mind doesn't race to the Florida Panthers. So he, right. he goes number he goes number three overall in this draft. Um, I mean, this is a guy with without having a winning team, and we talk about point share uh, and how you know we're talking about how many points you're bringing to your your team's franchise. It actually is based off of that team's actual success, and Huberto still being in the top ten for that statistic in this draft is huge. Because why? Well, because the Florida Panthers always suck. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's huge for a guy to be on this team and still bring points to a team that struggles to even win. Um, but on top of that, we're not talking about a bad hockey player uh, by no means. I mean, this is a guy who, who had probably his, his best season uh, production-wise uh, just a year ago, getting those 92 points in 82 games. Um, I mean, I you know, I, do I know this off the top of my head? I'm, I'm reading the 92 two points right now off hockeyreference.com. But uh, it's been the last few seasons where he's really stood out as like, all right, now he's gotten over the hump. He's a point per game player. Let him roll with it. But, you you know, you're also playing that game too. Like uh, it's been 10 years since he's been drafted. So it's not like we're still talking about a kid anymore, but he's hitting that point where he's got maybe one or two more years of that point per game production. And then statistically you start to see the drop off. Uh, So Huberto has got, he's got a couple years left, but I mean, if you're talking a 92 point season, why would you not want to pick that up in the top 10 in the draft? Because there's also another 300 guys who are drafted after him that are not going to be able to do that. So yeah, give me, give me Huberto. I, I, I apologize. He should not have fallen this far. Apologies. Uh, this is my last pick uh, for this draft. Uh, Bruins originally took Dougie, but you know, those sons of bitches. I don't know what I don't know what else they want. Uh, 
for some reason, they don't like excellent six foot six defensemen. Uh, I guess we're going to find out how they feel about pretty good six foot one uh, left-handed left wings. Uh, <laughs> somehow the guy who is like number five in point share out of this draft, he's tumbled all the way to number nine. I think it's because he, he didn't quite have like a, you know, a huge monster, you know, point scoring season. He's uh, kind of in the running for Selkie stuff. Uh, you know, not quite, you know, top five finishes for that or anything, but he's up there. He's putting some effort in, you know, he's on the stat sheet and maybe just kind of fill out your roster with kind of more of a second line guy. And Matt, he was our, our Calder cup. Uh, winner here in uh, 2011 and 12 for Colorado. So Matt, talking about guys tumbling, talking about guys with fun last names. <laughs> Landis Cobb, he's gone hey. Boston. Um, he he finally cracked the uh, discussion five draft here. Um, he's only got it's, you know one 82 game whew, season under his belt from the brow. <laughs> he's sitting in his living room just waiting by the phone, just checking it. Yeah, they have not nothing yet. Hello, yeah, and finally gets picked here at number nine. Um, last season, it looked like he was, you know, finally getting that point of game, um, consistency at the 75 and the 72 games. Um, but this season, again, he, he's just having trouble, you know, getting that full season. He kind of, you know, gets a few, uh, bumps and bruises here and there and just, you know, out of the, um, what, eight years, nine years now that he's been in the league, uh, you know, it was earlier in his career where he had the 82 game seasons. And now he's, you know, kind of missing some here and there. So um, that's why you hit number nine. That's why you're not in there, you know, top couple picks here. And Matt, you're going to close it out with the wild. And this is a guy that I, I was on the fence about picking and I couldn't talk myself into it, but I see who you are taking down there. Yeah. I always, I always give it away on the last one. Um, I mean, I talked about how they're my favorite team. Uh, just, or second favorite team to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they're so much fun to watch as the Vegas Golden Knights. And what they did a couple years ago was take some pieces from some other teams where it, they were talented fellers. Uh, they just hadn't been given an opportunity. And what we saw in 2017-18 was William Carlson uh, really lighting it up, getting Hart Trophy votes, winning the Bing, uh, getting Selkie votes. I mean, it's not very often that you see... You know, a guy almost go point per game, get the Selkie votes, get Hart votes. Uh, I mean, the Bing, you know, the Bing's the Bing. Uh, he comes in with a 23% uh, percent shooting percentage. So, I mean, you could make the argument right there. Oh, that's, that's you know, that, this is, you make the correct argument that that's only going to be one season. And that, you know, it didn't follow him uh, for his successive seasons, the next two seasons. But you can't. Just ignore the fact that he did hit that point. That that's the problem with analytics is uh, there, there's too many like the mindset is just already like all right if he has a high shooting percentage he's only going to have that one season. But when you're taking a look back, why don't you want that one season? If you're if you're doing a redraft like we're doing, are you really going to like sneeze at that and go well we don't want this guy because he's going to be amazing for one year and then he's going to be pretty good for those other years? No. It's so hard to find a good hockey player in these goddamn drafts. So, yeah, give me William Carlson. Uh, had that monster season in the, the uh, first season for the, for the Golden Knights. He's still a solid forward. I, I know he's taken quite a, a step back, but um, I think he's coming into his own as, as that um, <sighs> at least serviceable. I mean, the, the Golden Knights have made quite a, a, an upgrade on their 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 first all of their forward lines but what William Carlson is still asked to do out there I think he does more than enough and again to to be that ragtag group uh in the first year for the Golden Knights and really step up I'm gonna take Carlson no problem at number 10 and uh hopefully uh you know hopefully he actually gets a shot um and again I'm not even paying attention who I'm drafting for uh, oh, the Minnesota Wild. That was, yeah, I think that was the last pick I was thinking about because, uh, you know, you, you kind of get a consistent Landeskog constellation or you get one amazing Carlson, like, shooting star. So right. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I get a little a little bit more consistency, even though this was a, a pretty amazing year for him. So, 
Well, time to wrap it up. Uh, everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in. You can find us at BOD Hockey uh, for all of our continued Red Wing coverage. You can find us on Instagram, brothers underscore up underscore discussion. Check out all of our SummerSlam and NXT stuff for our pro wrestling podcast, Brothers of Discussion. And uh, yeah, no, don't forget to check out the, the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Have a good one.